The Xfinity Series and Cup Series drivers took to the Roval this past weekend, where four drivers were eliminated from championship contention, and we are going to break down each race. We're going to go over the race winners, as well as the drivers who were eliminated from the playoffs. We will also take a look at Chase Briscoe's late run to keep his championship hopes alive, and the comments made by Eric Jones later. Also, we're going to discuss, does NASCAR have a morale problem in their Cup Series garage? We discuss that and more on this episode of 3 Wide. On Saturday, we had the Xfinity Series taking to the track on the Roval. This was their playoff cutoff race as well as they get ready for the round of eight. A.J. Allmendinger, he gets his fourth straight Roval win, second win in a row overall this season. And the top ten behind him was Ty Gibbs in second with Noah Gregson in third. James Davison finished fourth with Justin Allgaier in fifth. Alex LeBay sixth. Brandon Jones finished seventh with Josh Berry in eighth. Ryan Sieg ninth and Landon Castle tenth. And there were some incidents on the track uh, that I wanted to go over. Chris Wright, who was driving the number 68 car for Brandon Built Motorsports, he wrecks early going into the chicane, I believe. And it was just another big blow for this small team. Meanwhile, Brandon Brown, who has been the driver for that 68 car for most of the season, he finishes in 20th, driving for BJ McLeod Motorsports. And I just got to hold on to, to hope that Brandon will be able to get the sponsorship he can to get back in that 68 car next year or at least get in a, a secure ride next season. And because Brandon has shown his worth, even when he hasn't been running that 68 car, he has finished pretty decent in other teams' equipment. And then when he hops back in that 68 car, he he drives a lot, lot better, has a lot better finishes than anyone that has filled in for him, namely Chris Wright, who doesn't have a lot of experience in the Xfinity series. So, like I said, Tough blow for this small team. Hopefully, they got better days ahead, as well as Brandon Brown. Meanwhile, you have Marco Andretti, who is making his Xfinity debut. He ends up wrecking out while running 20th after an incident where Jeb Burton and Anthony Alfredo, who are teammates, they they had a little incident in between turns five and six. Alfredo gets into the back of Burton and spins him out and Marco runs right into the side of Burton's car and mentioned on the radio that he had hurt his wrist again. Now, back when they were running the SRX series that Marco won the championship for, Marco had broken his wrist, had to have surgery on it, didn't give any, hasn't given any updates as far as if he re-injured that wrist, but he did mention it was, it was hurting him pretty good after the wreck. It was a pretty solid hit he had, but he did mention he hopes to do more races in the Xfinity series, which I would love to see just because Marco... I was around him a little bit at the SRX race in Pensacola. Just seems like a great guy, great personality for the sport, easy guy to pull for, and I think would be good for the sport. It's always nice when you have these crossover drivers, and we had quite a few of them over this past weekend. But going back to Jeb and Anthony, they wound up having words on pit road post-race. And looking back at the replay, I couldn't tell if Anthony had maybe bounced off the curbing coming out of turn five, and that sent him into – Jeb or not, but either way, Jeb was not real happy to be spun out by his teammate. They had quite a few words back and forth going over previous incidents. I don't know if they've had some running in to each other on the track before this week. Obviously, there were some harsh feelings between each other in the post-race conversation. I understand Jeb's frustration. He's, you know, always struggled with getting secure sponsorship and here he is, you know, it seems like having to fight for his ride again. Not real sure what he's going to do next season. 
get spun out by a teammate, having a decent run, running in the top 15, and effectively his day is is over. So frustration building up over in that R Motorsports camp. I'm not sure what their driver lineup is going to look like next year. Right now it seems like Anthony is the one with the more secure sponsorship out of all the drivers they've had this season. So Jeb, I'm sure, is just trying to make an impression so he can continue his racing career, but that took a, a big hit over the race on Saturday. Meanwhile, Riley Herbst, his playoff hopes were ruined on a late restart. They had a restart there at the end, and at the moment, Riley was up four points on, above the cut line when James Davison runs into the back of him on the restart before they even make it to turn one, caused some severe damage on Riley's car, and then Riley Herbst, he ends up getting a flat, has to a caution storm for that because he throws the tire, caution for debris, makes his way back up to where he's right there, just a few points below the cut line. There's still a chance for him to make it on these overtime restarts they had. And he wounds up spinning out on one of the overtime restarts, knocking the wall pretty good. You can tell, I mean, it busted his radiator. They had to haul the car out of there. He just could not get it going. And that knocked him out of the race and of the playoff field. And when the checkered flag fell, you had Herbst eliminated, as well as Jeremy Clements, Ryan Sieg, and defending champion Daniel Hemrick. And I was four for four on my predictions on who would get eliminated. I'm not happy with that four for four pick. I was hoping to see Hemrick and Herbst, you know, make a pretty good run in the playoffs. I feel like Herbst could have. He's had speed all year, had a decent season, but... Unfortunately, all four of those drivers will no longer be competing for the championship. And the next three races to set up the championship four at Phoenix is at Vegas, Homestead, and Martinsville. At Vegas, I feel like Ty Gibbs is going to be the one to watch. I, I think he can get the win there to lock himself into that championship four race. At Homestead, I'd watch Noah Gregson. He's really good at ripping the top, which is crucial to success at Homestead. You can really use that momentum to come off the corner going down the straightaway. And at Martinsville, I would watch for Sam Mayer. He's a good short track racer, won his first truck race at Bristol. And I feel like if he's going to break through and get a win, that could be the place to to get it. But do not count out Josh Berry. Josh Berry's kind of the sleeper of junior motorsports. There's always talk of, you know, what his future looks like. Is he going to have the sponsorship to run next season as well? And it, it would be unfortunate if, if he – does struggle to get sponsorship for next season because Josh is a heck of a racer. To me, honestly, if I had to pick one driver I want to see to win the championship, it would be him. He is going to be one to watch in all three races. He's the defending winner at Vegas. Homestead, I feel like, would be a good track for him. And Martinsville, he's that's where he won his first career Xfinity race. So Josh, I feel like, can easily sneak in there and lock himself into the championship four and be that key entry for junior motorsports into Phoenix. Now moving on to the Cup Series race, and there was a lot going on in this one. Christopher Bell, he comes through with a clutch victory after some late caution drama to advance to the round of eight. He was in a must-win position. He comes through after a couple late cautions, and the top ten behind him was Kevin Harvick in second, Kyle Busch in third, A.J. Allmendinger finished fourth with Justin Haley in fifth, Chris Buescher finished sixth with Bubba Wallace in seventh, Tyler Reddick finished eighth, Chase Briscoe ninth, and Austin Dillon rounded out the top ten. And this race was caution-free besides the stage breaks until you had a caution come out with six to go after a sign was seen on the track coming out of turn six. Now, there's some debate as far as how long the sign was, was on the track. And even Chase Elliott, who was 
had a huge lead at the time, three to four second lead over AJ Allmendinger. He was unsure of how long it was out there. He he didn't notice it. Meanwhile, you had Denny Hamlin saying that sign was there possibly at the end of two, at least no later than the beginning of the final stage, which means it sat out there for quite a while till TV cameras caught it. And then all of a sudden, bam, you got a caution because it was it was really kind of a, a snooze fest of a race. Like I said, Chase, he had a huge lead on AJ, looking to be cruising to his sixth win on the season and just further getting more playoff points to, to, to solidify himself for that Phoenix championship race. But this led to a chaotic final restart with four laps to go. Christopher Bell, he had come in, got fresh tires. He was running in the top 10 at the time. Austin Cendrick, he elected to stay out for tractor position, which left him just one point above the cut line. And when the green flag fell, AJ, he ran chase wide, right, you know, right coming out of the turn one, which led to AJ getting the lead for a brief second until Kevin Harvick got behind him and knocked him out of the way coming out of turn three. And then coming around turn six again, Tyler Reddick winds up spinning chase Elliott out of the way. Uh, really kind of pinched the corner chase. I, I think wasn't expecting Tyler to be there at least that late into the corner, but ultimately that spun out chase ending his shot at the win. And then you had a multi-car wreck in the chicane on the back straightaway. Caution comes out because you had pieces of the bump stop on the track. They had to get that fixed. And Christopher Bell had taken those new tires and worked his way up to second. And it was going to be interesting if that race stayed green, if they were going to be able to, if if Christopher was going to be able to run down Kevin Harvick. But with this restart, that put Christopher Bell on new tires versus Kevin, who was on old tires, and it really wasn't much of a battle. Christopher took the lead and set sail from there. He gets his second win on the season, and after all said and done, you have Kyle Larson, Austin Sendrick, and Daniel Suarez eliminated, along with Alex Bowman, who is still out with those concussion-like symptoms. And so in both the Xfinity Series and the Cup Series, your reigning champions are eliminated in this one weekend. And that one caution for a sign in the Cup race led to this moment, because at the time you had Larson was uh, above the cut line and looked to be like he was in good shape to get to the next level. Unfortunately, just was not able to. Briscoe, he overcomes an 11-point deficit when they were getting ready for that overtime restart. He had fresh tires, was able to make up some ground, and had a little bit of help from Cole Custer, which leads us to our next topic. NASCAR announced they are investigating into Cole Custer over the last lap when it seemed like he brake-checked the drivers behind him going into the back straightaway chicane, allowing Briscoe to get by him and Eric Jones pick up two valuable points because at the time he was tied with Kyle Larson for that final cutoff spot. Now, they did say Chase would have won the tiebreaker because he had the better finish in this round, but better safe than sorry, Chase gets those two points and is able to advance eliminating Kyle. What's interesting is NASCAR says they're investigating Cole Custer, but it will not change anything about the round of eight. Uh, as far as the drivers, it's not like they're going to go pull Chase Briscoe out of the playoffs. So that that leads me to ask, you know, then, then why investigate it really at all? To me, this seems like a lose-lose for NASCAR. I mean, if you're opening the investigation and you find that, that Custer did help Chase Briscoe make it to the next round, what, what are you going to do? Are you going to go after Custer, who, you know, 
you're going to take some point owner points away from them, fine them. I, I don't know what they would do to, to Cole at this point, but still, if you're telling teams, Hey, we're going to penalize the, the driver who isn't in the playoffs, we're going to find y'all this and that, but you can keep your playoff spot still and go for a championship. Well, then teams are going to take that every time, you know, they'll take that risk if that means they can still have a shot at the championship. But then, you know, teammates helping one another that that happens that's nothing new and we already know what a mess it was back when the richmond deal happened i believe it was 2011 with clint boyer and michael walter racing where they made a a 13th spot for for a driver jeff gordon to be in the playoffs at the time it was just 12 and that that was a mess and it's still kind of a running joke to this day that nascar did that so to me like i said it's a lose-lose you're not going to come out on the better end of this Teammates, they help each other all the time like this. This isn't something new. And to me, this is much different from that Richmond incident with Michael Walter Bracing, where you had Clint Boyer spinning out seemingly on purpose. You have, you know, the crew members on the radio with Brian Vickers telling him to pit now and Brian questioning it, which trying to get, you know, get the best spot they could in the playoffs, get Martin Truex Jr. in. And to me, this is completely different from that just because this this deal with Cole on the back straightaway, it did not change the complexion of the race. This was just Cole blocking a couple guys from their position, allowing his teammate to get ahead of him. It's not like Cole went out there and spun out and just let the car sit there and you throw a caution and, and the whole race goes into turmoil. We'd already had that with this sign caution. And I'm not saying I like it, but that's just the way it is with, with, with what happened with Cole and SHR. But And you're going to see, see more of it, honestly. You, who knows what else we'll see before the end of these playoffs. It, it has been a wacky season and an even wackier playoffs. And it don't look like, I mean, with the tracks we still got coming up, Homestead, Martinsville, and even the championship race at Phoenix, I hope everything goes smooth there just so – NASCAR doesn't come out with it with a black eye and you don't have fans, you know, pretty much demonizing the whoever the champion is that that it wasn't a real championship win because he had either help from a teammate or because somebody got taken out during a caution or some cheap payback move to, to get them the championship. But going back to Briscoe, he makes the, the playoffs. Eric Jones was not happy with Chase Briscoe. Uh, that's one of the drivers that Custer blocked and allow Briscoe to get by. And after Briscoe had interviewed with Bob Pockers, Bob posted the video, Briscoe talking about how great it is to be in the you know next round, all that he overcame and, and, and went through to get to that point of the race. Eric gets on Twitter and replies, it's saying it's, it's not hard to run over everyone. When told by Brian Murphy in, in a reply, don't hate the player, hate the game, Eric Jones replies, the player should respect the game. And I find it funny, this is coming after Eric Jones had spun out another playoff driver, Austin Sendrick, in the chicane just before that final caution came out to set up the overtime restart. Briscoe, to me, raced like he should have. If he, I didn't see anything just overly aggressive. I didn't see him door slamming guys and putting them you know, in the grass or knocking them where they missed the chicane. Briscoe raced like he should have, and if he raced aggressively, that's what's expected of him in this playoff format. That is the way it is set up to be, for drivers to go out there, drive over their heads sometimes, to be over-aggressive, and do what they got to do to get every point they can. 
this is what NASCAR wanted. They wanted the drama. They, they wanted those those TV ratings. They want people to watch the sport. And to me, Chase did just that. He did his job, and he's going on to race for a championship. He, he's made it to the next round. And if you want to survive and continue your hunt for a championship, you, you have to race with this aggression. If the roles were reversed, Eric Jones would have done the same thing. His team would expect him to do the same thing, or else they'll get somebody in there who will do that. It's just the NASCAR world we're living in now where you have to race like that. That That is this whole playoff format. And keeping, keeping it all on some post-race comments and incidents as well, Chase Elliott got some attention on post-race. He was standing on pit road chatting with William Byron, seemed to be, waiting to to be interviewed i saw claire lang there who's with the the radio series xm waiting to be interviewed by her but a camera comes up behind chase and william just getting kind of some shots as kyle petty and marty snyder and them are discussing the post race and chase turns around starts and pushes the camera away saying go away and the cameraman he backs up a little bit gives him a little bit of space but continues filming like his job is supposed to be Chase then starts, turns around and starts to walk towards him and, and effectively just pretty much starts shooing them off. Like you're trying to shoo someone away, go, saying, go on. And like I said, both seem to be waiting to finish up interviews. And you have comments on social media about Chase, about this incident. And it ranges from, you know, y'all need to leave Chase alone. You, you know, Chase Elliott haters to saying Chase should be fine and dock points for the, for this incident. Everybody needs to just, calm it down yes this deal seemed unprofessional but it was also out of character for chase chase normally isn't like that he's pretty good he's good with the media that's not his attitude he has and i mean it's simple he was he's obviously frustrated he was frustrated with the finish with the caution and he's been frustrated with this new car he's been making comments like harvick like hamlin over the past few weeks and I think he, he just had a rough day and he's just wanting to chat with William Byron. Now, granted, the cameraman's doing his job, not doing anything wrong. It's not like he walks right up in Chase's ear and sticks the camera there. You're on pit road. It's the post-race show. You're kind of open to be on camera. You're a playoff driver. You're also the most popular driver in the sport. You got to expect cameras on you at all times. And like I said, I get it. Chase, Chase is probably frustrated. So I see both sides of it. Main thing is everybody just needs to kind of take a breath. Let's let's quit making a, a mountain out of a molehill, and just understand these guys are frustrated. And that that leads me to my next topic. Driver morale just seems to be at an all time low with these these drivers. The guys seem like they are just simply trying to finish out the year. You you watch their interviews, and there's just no charisma there. There's no personality there for the most part it's kind of just the the status quo the same old same old and, and i think a lot of it is with this car and the way the seasons went the car right now you have three drivers out with injuries and nascar met with nascar met with the drivers this past weekend at the roval this was their first meeting with them since all this stuff happened they hadn't nascar officials hadn't met with the drivers when the deal happened with kurt bush when the deal happened with Bowman and Cody Ware, it took a lot of drivers opening up their mouths and letting their opinions be known. And now NASCAR is just coming forward and having this meeting with them. So there's, there's a lot of frustration there and I get it. You know, these guys are, 
going out there with a car that now they're they're complaining about the passing is just not a good car. Here we go to Martinsville. You're not going to see any passing, and we can't. We're afraid to to back the car into a wall, or we're going to be out with a concussion. Could ruin our season and our championship hopes. You know, there the, the tensions at an all time high right now. I th- I think the drivers have said they're done acting like it's all great. We're happy to be here. And Chase even told Matt Weaver in an interview post-race and talking about the racing and the passing says it's going to get worse, you know, and Denny Hamlin's even mentioned Martinsville is going to be probably a little bit of a snoozer saying there's not going to be any passing. Now, I don't know if there is or not. Now the drivers, they've been to these tests. They've seen all this stuff. They, they know better than me. I'm not going to act like they don't, but I'm one of those. Let's wait and see what happens. But if that is the case, if we come out of Martinsville, and it is a snooze fest. You don't have any passing. You have drivers struggling to get any track position. It, drivers are going to be speaking out even more. So, I, like frustrations, frustrations are high, and I think you can see it weekend. You know, with each passing week, with these drivers' interviews, they're. I think they're just they're just done. They're wanting to see some changes, and they're probably I think ready to wash their hands of this season. Unfortunately, it's it's sad. As great as this season started, even all the way up, I would say to the playoffs before Alex Bowman's injury, everything seemed to be going great. Even you know you did have Kurt out with a concussion that was concerning. Drivers, you know, were obviously questioning the safety of this car, and it seemed like when Alex Bowman got taken out with this with his concussion, it just ramped everybody's you know attitude and tension and disgust with this car up to a whole nother level. So hopefully, hopefully we make it through the rest of the season without anyone else having to get out of this car because of an injury. Hopefully we see Alex Bowman and Kurt Busch and Cody Ware all come back hundred percent able to race again. But the main thing is their health getting back to, to hundred percent, especially when you're coming back from head injuries like Kurt and Alex are. And NASCAR's they've made some changes to this car they're you know going to have in place for next season and maybe that will will help fix the the rear crash impacts for these drivers because something's going to have to give I I think before these drivers just throw up their hands and say "What, what are we doing out here And that will wrap up this week's episode of Three Wide. As always, thank you for joining me and listening along. If you haven't already, be sure to hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening to this podcast from. Also, be sure to leave me a review. Let me know what you think of the show. And I hope everyone has a wonderful rest of their week. We will meet back same time next week and discuss all that went on at Las Vegas Motor Speedway.